This week on FX Guide TV. We talked to Alec Frisch from Copa, a new organization and group responsible for the visual effects behind the new Nicki Minaj film clip. This and more coming up next. Hello and welcome to FX Guide TV. I'm Angie Dale. One of the artists on stage with Madonna at this year's Super Bowl halftime was Nicki Minaj. This week, we look at the production of her latest video clip with a new production entity, Copa. So here's Mike talking to Alex Frisch about this stunning project and Alex's new company. you know, um, uh, we took it as a great opportunity to, um, uh, to do something really creative uh, and those are the opportunities that we don't have that many times in our, in our ex career just for many, many reasons. So we kind of jumped on it and, uh, you know, kind of really got really connected with, uh, with Sanji and his vision and uh, it was a very short uh, turnaround, you know, it was like eight days prep. Um, and so I was pretty scared, you know, it was a pretty, uh, pretty big effects uh, endeavor and as you know, preparation is, is really essential for us. So we had very little preparation. Um, the one thing I got was the ability to, to, to have Nicki Minaj to commit to do a, a scanning and a facial capture session, which uh, I demanded. It was like, is there that? There's no video. So we got actually a day prior to the shoot the opportunity to scan to do a full body and face scan of, of Nicki Minaj as well as David Guetta. And, and, and what sort of technology did you use for that um, scan of Nicki Minaj? We used um, a TMG. Uh, it was actually a portable scanner. Okay. Um, you know, we, we would have liked to get the full, you know, bigger scanner. We, we would have had to take Nicki to another location. So we tried to reduce the amount of movement. Right. And uh, so we actually uh, shot, uh, uh, performed the, the, the scanner at Dress Cars. Dress Cars is a place where we, a friend of mine, Jason Chan, and um, they, they, they have a full uh, body, uh, facial capture and body capture uh, stage that we used. And so we, uh, we did all, the, all that scanning and uh, facial capture at uh, Dress Cars Studio. Now, I, I love lots of parts of the video, but there was a lot of it that looked like it was just fully 3D rendered stuff. Mm -hmm. And take nothing away from that, but I understand that some of that stuff that I saw as just being fully uh, 3D rendered, well, I mean, it had to be because there were body parts and stuff. Actually, some of that was rendered in flame with the 3D brought into flame and lit there. Is that correct? Uh, you know, that's not 100% correct. Okay. The 100% uh, CG shots, uh, which are mostly at the beginning of the video, yeah. when we uh, create uh, the, the robot, Nicki Minaj is a robot that becomes... Which is just gorgeous. Thank you. No, that, uh, we, we had lots of fun doing that. Those are the full CG shots that, right. that we... Uh, actually, either a full CG shot or combination of a plate and a, uh, and a CG robot, depending. Yeah. We use a combination of both. Uh, we, we also recreated the plates when we had to. Um, but that, that, that was really fully done as a full CG uh, workflow. We were okay. using V-Ray, uh, physical accurate rendering. Uh, 
we, we surveyed the whole lab, and so we were able to recreate the lab. Uh, we shot all the pictures and it's high dynamic range and all that stuff. So we were able to, to do it that way. So that's how we did that part. Right. Now, what you're referring to is actually what Vico did, my partner, Vico Charbani, um, who was fantastic on flame and actually really good in creating CG elements and, and lighting them. So what actually what he did is actually in the second part of the video when uh, you got the three girls coming after Nikki or actually after David to get, you know, build themselves. Um, and you see their faces, uh, all those CG masks are actually done in the flame. So they're not CG brought in and then just color corrected in flame and part of the composite. He actually Correct, correct. It's a full, we use, basically we used a um, texture that was created in VRA and then we used that in the 3D model and retract it and light it and comped it in the frame. So the wow. all the lighting was done in the frame and uh, it was pretty, pretty amazing actually, the quality he was able to get. Not least of which because it's up against the really terrific V-Ray stuff at the beginning, mm -hmm. which um, obviously correct. has a world of different technology in terms mm -hmm. of the rendering because at mm -hmm. one level you're doing stuff basically I've got to say, it's pretty much dependent on the quality of the artist Correct. and their eye. At mm -hmm. the other end, physical-based modelling, theoretically, of course, the artist is still quintessentially important, but you're relying much more on accurate physics modelling rather than just, um, okay, how am I going to make this work? A bit of both, yeah, for right. sure. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I think it always comes down to the artist, and I think that's, you know, one thing that I have always been very keen on and very much is that... Uh, the inspiration of Copa and what we're trying to do, which is to kind of uh, gather our forces uh, as the artists that are independent or not necessarily, you know, uh, staff in a big in a big shop. Well, let's discuss that because um, the idea of this new company is to have a distributed group of key artists from different places. So you're obviously here in Los Angeles mm -hmm. and have a terrific reputation, not least of which from your work with Method. Um, but everybody else isn't here in LA with you. Mm -hmm. Correct, that's correct. Well, actually, just to take an example, the, the, the Turn Me On music video that we just completed, we did it uh, mostly in LA. You know, LA was our base uh, where, where we did the delivery and that's where we did the heavy lifting. But a lot of the work was done in New York, uh, in our office in New York, as well as we work with uh, several freelancers around the US, in Arizona, in other parts of the US that were working from home. And we also work from uh, another studio in Tel Aviv. Well, actually, uh, Vico's brother, Ronan, was there, uh, doing a lot of flame work. Um, so we, 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 we uh, and also we were doing some, some tracking with uh, some folks in, in Florida. So we were able to experience, actually, in real production mode, our, our kind of concept of trying to, to work uh, with the right artists where they are, not necessarily in LA, because you know we want to work with the right artist for the job, which is uh, here, for instance. You know uh, we are working with Marco Yudzi. Uh, he did all the designs for us, which were really important because we were able to yeah. kind of right away kind of hone on the. Uh, Especially the, if you had a short production cycle. You have to do that. It's like you know short production cycle. The first thing we did was to jump on. Okay, what it is that we want to do? What is it going to look like? And that's something we did with Marco, and he was in uh, Italy. Right, um, and so we, we came up with a, a kind of an uh, interactive uh, online way of working together, which is you know very much a lot of people are doing this now. But it's 
it's, it's basically improving the workflow between a group, whether actually it's within a, it's the same building or not, doesn't matter. It improves the... What are the tools you're using there? Is that like CineSync or Shotgun or...? Uh, you know, we used a lot of um, tools uh, from this company, Pix. Right. Uh, I don't know if you I thought Pix was my rarely for like rushes. Well, um, you know, I can't say too much about uh, what Pix is about to do. Okay. Um, but if I was an educated man, I'd guess that maybe you had more than the standard box of tricks to work with? Maybe. Okay. And, and I think, you know, um, Pix has been really fantastic. And we use them as both as a central storage system and a communication platform. Obviously, they are great for communicating, you know, notes and working together. They also have some things that I didn't know, which is they have uh, the ability to do synchronous session. Uh, live, uh, just like CineSync, right. uh, without having to upload, download, or any of that. So it's quite, uh, it, it's, for us, it worked really, it worked really well. So in, in the CineSync model, I would transfer a file to you. When mm -hmm. that's all downloaded, then you and I would get on Correct. and we would play them in sync. Correct. But this sounds like that you're both streaming from a central server instead. Well, so basically, uh, basically, the way it works is that, um, uh, let's say, uh, you know, uh, I have a new batch of shots or whatever I want to review. So as soon as they are uploaded uh, to the central server, which is a data center actually in El Segundo, um, there are also mirrors that uh, we have in every location. So they automatically download uh, the material. So it makes it for a better quality of uh, synchronization. Right. Um, and and uh, basically, as soon as it's uploaded, it's available for review uh, in a CineSync-like session. Uh, just going online and just uh, at that point, I can try to, you, you just do, uh, uh, you just look at it, just like you would do with anything and make your notes and make your drawing. But it's more of like a wheel spoke kind of approach rather than just, because uh, the CineSync thing is more sort of like a one-to-one -one and oh, by the way, I'm just going to check the license. And this is more involved, it sounds like, with the actual rest of the PIC stuff. Correct, correct. It's a combination of things and what's really interesting is that, you know, there's, it's really, uh, you can either look at the stuff yourself and make your notes uh, alone if you can have the opportunity to have all your team with you at the time, or you can do a delete review, if you will. You know, which is the, the delete review is kind of a very important part of our of our you know we're working and I always used to do the you know my delete review with the crew in my flame bay and you know everybody was getting his marching orders. Yeah. So we still do that. You know, I think we. We, 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 we really go back to the, to, the, to the basics of our industry, which is, you know, united team, united communication, trying to really make it easy for everybody to, to, to get the reason I ask about that, because it just seems to me that, um, and I'll swing back to some of the other stuff in a second, but this, what I call middleware, um, seems to be a really interesting enabling kind of technology to allow you to do the sort of stuff that you do, because clearly the distributed problem has been a promise uh, for a while now. There's a promise that we could have people working in remote locations that would mm -hmm. all be fine. It hasn't actually, for many people, worked primarily because the overhead of running that distributed team mm -hmm. has meant there's been too much communication problem and stuff. Mm -hmm. But you guys are obviously doing it really successfully. And oh, we're starting. I mean, I, there are a lot of challenges. You know, it's not like a silver bullet. And I just want this to, to appear as like, well, you know, we do things, you know, we don't have as many problems as everybody else. We have all the same problems. <laughs> but I think uh, today, the technology is there that you can actually make it work in an efficient way. So for an artist, it's not a, a cumbersome way of working, but it's actually a, an easy way to work. And we really want to keep it simple. 
I know you're motivated by absolutely by the desire to work with the best artists possible. But I wonder, does it also mean that you have like a lower overhead so you can be a bit more flexible, a bit more efficient? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a global production model. You right. know, it's not something that we invented. You know, it's been done before by others uh, in, the, in the advertising world or even, you know, in the film world. I mean, I think the film world has really shown the way of like, you know, per project, you put together the team that is the most likely to succeed to pull this off. And I think that the first thing you do when you, you, know, you put a film in, in production is you put your team together. Well, it's kind of the same model. You know, we, we, we just uh, extend it to shorter production. But for us, like the way we did TMO, uh, you know, we were just limited by the two months roughly of total production. But we really looked at it and, and approached it as, okay, what's right for this job? How can we get this right, and this is the team that we put together at the time, and we were able to accommodate that team, so they were they had the, the data and the images and the, the assets they needed at the right time. Now, what we wanted to do, we didn't have a TMO uh, time because we were just starting, is to have an actual pipeline that is being um, used and available to us, so when we actually have new people to work from, people we don't know, basically. We, we can help them to work with us in the right way, right. using our standards, not making mistakes, not having to name. We basically just have them answer yes or no on simple questions so they, they can really work with us uh, our way. So on the Nikki video, for example, were you the linchpin that was, for example, on set for mm -hmm. doing, I presume you had somebody else helping or whatever, but doing those HDRs and getting that stuff mm -hmm. fed back? Correct. Yeah, we were in charge of the of that, uh, you know, survey and uh, capture on set. So we we actually did a team of three 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 guys. There was Scott Metzger, with our CG supervisor, um, a lead viewer artist that uh, lit everything, and uh, Andrew Hawkins uh, was the uh, animation director. So we were all three on set, and um, Scott was more in charge per se of the capture of the high uh, dynamic range images. And what were you shooting on set? Like, what was the principal? We're shooting with this camera right here. With the uh, Epic? With the Epic, yeah. We're shooting with the Epic, uh, Master Prime, really great uh, optics. Um, we're shooting a uh, full resolution, uh, 5K, so we have a little letterbox in the end. And did you find it useful to have that extra resolution? I mean, was that helpful, or did you pretty much down-res it to like an HD? Um, depends. Um, most of the time we down-res it to, to HD. Uh, in, in, in some cases, it was useful for us for plates, and uh, we were able to to dig things that you know, you know we didn't have time to photograph with our uh, steel camera. Time was our problem; we didn't have enough time to to really photograph everything we wanted to. And on set, what did you have? Because obviously, a lot of the time there was effects and stuff in shot. Did you have a lot of stuff for eye lines? And I mean, how did you set up to even frame the shots when a lot of the time it would be an empty plate? You know. Uh, we actually shot with Nicki Minaj uh, in a little, you know, outfit, uh, trying to kind of recreate-ish that sequence. So we had some ability to frame based on her being on that table and, and so forth. Uh, so we did a plate with her in the shot and, and David kind of working around her. And then we did kind of a similar scenario without her, so we had shots of, uh, you know, David kind of working on an empty table. But to be honest with you, none of this really worked. 
<laughs> and we worked a little bit. We got a couple of plays, but most of the plays we actually created them fully full on CG. It was just easier with the table and everything behind. Oh, really? All the table and stuff CG? Yeah, yeah everything CG, yeah. Because I was going to ask you about the, the table shot, but obviously that's not relevant if it's fully CG. But it struck me that um, when you're producing a material, there's a lot of stuff added into the shot. Mm -hmm. One of the difficulties is if you do go with a physical accurate uh, modeling structure, you take HDRs and stuff, that's all well and good. But if something isn't there to light, then you tend to get the sort of lighting of the room, not the lighting of the specific. So, for example, if a hero actress, if Nikki was there, you'd mm -hmm. light her like she deserves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If she's not there and you just got a plate, well, the HDR isn't reflecting the beauty Well, lighting. actually, we were pretty uh, adamant and picky about requesting that they do not change the lighting setup once they were, she was like, specially lighting her so we could actually photograph that. Exactly. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. so we were actually paying really attention of the different uh, lighting scenarios, so we were actually able to recreate them. And, and how was she with the whole process of being scanned and the effects con component of it? I mean, did you have to... She was fantastic. Yeah? She, she was comfortable with the technology? You didn't have to sort of... Listen, I think she, she was not very much. She, she was new for her. She was very worried about, you know, damaging her skin because of the tracking markers on her face, which I can totally understand, but she was a trooper. We were planning on putting 95 markers on her and she said stop after 45 and we took it. And what were those markers? Were they they weren't then sort of texture markers or they were no, like the motion, motion capture markers? Oh, okay, yeah. You know, that they put on facial. So they're actually markers that have a little bit of a depth. To yeah, them. sit out. Yeah, but you know, it's, it, it was fun. She, she she was she was really a really nice person to work with. She was great. How were you doing those surveys? I mean, yes. obviously the HDRI is pretty well understood, but were you actually survey? We were actually doing it with a, a laser pointer. Oh, okay. So we have a, it's a little kind of what they use on the roads as well, you know, to, uh, yep. to measure precisely stuff. So what we do is we, we basically it's a full of measurements. So you, you create kind of a cloud point of your uh, of your set. Uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of make it easier for you for, for you then from that information yeah. to create a three D model that's accurate. It also helps uh, presumably with the lighting because it's so sure. much easier with the lighting to mm -hmm. to get that nail. No, that's really essential to 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 our technique is to really have a proper survey. Uh, HDR, you know, that's essential. If you don't have that, you, you kind of screwed. So you've got a fairly tight timescale, an incredibly ambitious uh, visual tapestry to stitch. Um, how locked was the edit, and how much flexibility did you have in sort of changing things around? You know, um, obviously we were concerned about the edit kind of evolving uh, as per the nature of the beast, and you know we needed to get get started right away. So what we agreed on is that. You know, they would log the edit in terms of the general structure and uh, the time that was allocated to the opening. Did you give them previs to edit to, or what were they cutting? Yes, back well, the first they were cutting was nothing, and then we started previs. Um, and we did a full previs of the, of the, of the spot. It's pretty yeah. hard to cut that opening sequence without something, because it's so interesting, but oh, so... Well, actually what we did is, because, you know, we did our, our facial capture, so we, we had three or four really good takes of, of Nikki performing okay. that, that section. She was actually performing beautiful, because she was in a, you know, a recording booth, so she was really focused on that. Um, and so basically what we did is we animated uh, to that performance uh, in length. So we kind of recreated rushes in a way, or dailies, if ah, you will. Right. They were giving us a lot more than we needed to actually then cut with that. Right. Um, so that was, that was Joe, Joe's art, Joe Arkin, he wanted to do it that way. So that, that way we didn't edit in the previous, you know, we're just creating elements and then we're given to the editor, myself, you know, it was kind of a back and forth between uh, the editor and myself and Sanji. Sanji did most of the edit. 
Um, and we kind of agreed that that section would end up being kind of on our, on our court. Right. Uh, because, you know, we're so uptight with time that, you know, basically we said, okay, this is what we can deliver. You know, we couldn't do everything. Uh, we're limited by a few technical limitations, you know, like uh, didn't really want to see the table because there was some, some, some problem with that, uh, things going through and so forth. But um, to be honest, what was really great in this uh, project for us is that creatively we had so much control. You know, it's like really uh, meshed really well with Sanji, and, and you know, we, we, you know, it's one of those where you know we, we were really able to say, you know what, it looks really better this way. What do you think? And most of the time, we were able to, to get it. Yeah, you know, so there's an old saying that uh, I'm sure you'd heard before uh, that you know you do uh, feature films for the glory and TVCs for the money and music videos for the creative freedom. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and. Uh, I'm wondering because this has been obviously so successful, but by the same token, I do know that you're set up that you can do, uh, for example, feature film shots and stuff. So is the company's focus moving forward to tackle all three of those? I mean, you've got a great reputation, a lot of the guys have for doing commercials. Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think uh, we are very much interested in doing feature film work. We already have. Uh, we're working on 150 shots for Elite Quartet uh, in New York. Uh, we're currently working uh, on an uh, on a upcoming film called uh, Beautiful Creatures. Is that with Warners? Uh, with Warners, yeah. Yep. Uh, we're actually, Joe Hawkins is the visual effects supervisor uh, for the show. Um, there are a couple of other projects uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the work, film project. So, you know, for, for us, we certainly are very interested to go that direction. Uh, music video, I'm not sure when is the next time I'll do one. <laughs> that was kind of a one-off. We'll see if the interesting project comes out. But in commercials, yeah, I mean commercials for sure. You know, that's how, you know, we have 20 years of experience in commercials, so we'll carry on doing that as well. Nice work, guys. And don't forget, if you like this podcast, you may also like our other podcasts, such as the FX podcast, the VFX show, and our digital cinematography podcast, The RC. Well, until next time, when we go from music videos to cutting-edge commercials at Marada. See ya. For more industry news, in-depth features, podcasts, and forums, check out fxguide.com. And for visual effects training, check out fxphd.com.